for baseball with the bard good morning ladies and gentlemen it is great to see you here baseball with the bard taking off yeah this actually isn't too comfortable so i just wanted it for the joke so all right good job welcome ladies and gentlemen to baseball with the bard excited to see you all here a lot to talk about this week. Happenings in the MLB, so much going on. Uh, but first, we gotta cover some logistical business here. Streaming on Facebook, obviously, YouTube at Bard and Cross Entertainment, Twitch at TBard5195. Make sure you come check us out there on all our pages. Interact with us if you're listening. If you're listening, share it with your friends. Come join us, have conversations. We love to hear from all of you. And Tyler, we're back to reporting on this topic here uh, here it comes the thing that yeah. plagued us all of 2020's mlb season the mlb COVID update and sadly it has been running rampant in the mlb uh the padres uh, their star shortstop fernando tatis jr and outfielder will myers will be out for at least 10 days with coronavirus uh though the team says neither player is showing symptoms uh, you know, that's a good thing. Obviously, they still have to obviously be out for this 10 days for COVID protocol per MLB rules. Uh, Jerickson Profar, Jorge Mateo and Eric Hosmer are currently unavailable because of the contract tracing protocols as well. So there's now five of the starters here for the uh, Padres and they've been on a tear lately that are now out because of coronavirus. Uh, JT Real Muto was placed in the COVID list. He should hopefully be returning sometime this week. Uh, the Yankees. Their third base coach tested positive, resulting in five of their coaching staff being placed on the contract tracing procedures, including both their base coaches, their pitching coach, and their, I'm sorry, one other coach. So right now the bench coach is on third base. One of the other people who's like the baseball management office person is, is literally uh, the first base coach. Um, the hitting, the, the bullpen coach is now acting as the pitching coach, and there just isn't a hitting coach. So great times. Not that they great. really need one. That's valid. Uh, thankfully, not going to win. And the man you see there on your screen, Glaber Torres, unfortunately tested positive Thursday afternoon. This is one of those rare cases where the individual not only had COVID, but also was fully immunized and still tested positive. Um, he has absolutely no symptoms from the latest Aaron Boone press conference where he touched base on this um, the situation. So it's good to see that he's doing okay. He's not, you know, uh, ill or sick or anything along those lines. He just tested positive. And I, I just kind of say that he tested positive because they literally test these guys like once or twice a day because right. of all their travel. They're all, you know, they're all over the place, hotel rooms, airplanes, buses, whatever else they have to. So they rather test safe than sorry. Exactly. Rather be safe than sorry. And that's just the thing with the vaccinations and whatever else we're not getting scientific here, but uh, I imagine Glaber wouldn't even have known that he was positive with COVID if he wasn't tested as frequently right. as he tested the ball players. So it's just one of those things. Um, but obviously, you know, it's good that they do do that testing because you have to keep everyone safe. Definitely. Um, the one big difference, though, Tyler, is that teams are still playing through. Uh, we saw this when the Astros had outbreaks and now the Yankees and now the Padres. Uh, they're not postponing games anymore. So in the 2020 season, if we all remember, uh, if one person oh. tested positive, they didn't play for the next two, three days until shut they figured out what was happening. So they just shut it down completely. Um, but, you know, so basically it's that we know more about it now, how it spreads and the risks and, so, and whatnot. Uh, and if there's not a huge risk to the people who weren't, excuse me, exposed, then let them play. And that's what they're doing. Sure. So sure. there's that. I mean, that's the COVID update. Uh, I, I I think this is a, uh, a much stronger effort than they had last year where they don't have to throw everyone uh into quarantine just because yeah. one person had covid this is exactly. a smarter way to go about this let the games play out otherwise we're gonna have another janky off season where we're going into the last four games of the season having no clue who's going to win the division exactly. because of how poorly they managed games uh yeah. so hopefully this is uh the most uh full covid update we give you for the rest of the season because this when i saw one two three four bullet points under the COVID update, I was like, oh, baby, it's a, yeah, it's exactly. another good week. So looks like we're moving in the right direction, though. Definitely are. And like, I'm like, you know, I think the biggest thing is they're still playing. So, I, you know, we don't want to see the games getting canceled or uh, them having to play too many doubleheaders and whatever. God, else. no. So it's nice that they're just playing through, making it happen. So that's good to see. Yeah. Um, next up, exciting news. We had a really, really big MLB call up the Seattle Mariners promote Jared Kel Kelnick 
Uh, Seattle gave the nod to the number four overall prospect, Jared Kelnick. Very he exciting. Had his first MLB start on Thursday. We didn't record any hits. He uh, struck out once. The second he became a free agent, yours truly picked him up in our fantasy league. Happy I did. Surprise. Um, <laughs> Noah just sits at his desk at work all day with his fantasy app open, just waiting. Hey, just waiting hey, like a praying man with his, with his hands up in the air, just waiting to be like, pow, for that. <laughs> it's just like, I'm just going to let my team play out and see what happens. Yeah, you got to be the, you got to be ready for it. Uh, he had an impressive, he had impressive numbers early in his career in the minors with a batting average of 293 with an OPS of 888 and 31 home runs in two minor league seasons. So that is very good numbers there. Dang. Um, Oh, I'm sorry. He had an average of 270 with an OPS of 1,043 and two homers to start the 2021 season when it's just been six games. So that it is was insane. 370, wasn't it? Uh, yes, 370. I apologize. Yes, did I say two? Yeah, you did. Okay, 370. Um, yeah, he's been raking, and I've been reading a lot about him and in other pages too. You know, I've infiltrated the Houston Astros fan page and the Tampa Bay Astros fan, uh, Tampa Bay Astros, Tampa Bay Rays uh, <laughs> fan page. Uh, and they have, there's been so much buzz about this new guy because they both have big new guys coming up too. Uh, and they're like, oh, this guy's stealing the spotlight from our guys. And well, have you looked at him? Yeah, he's not stealing, true. he's not stealing nothing. He's earned that spotlight. Absolutely. Absolutely. So it's cool to see him tearing it up and he got the uh, majors and did just that. As I said, he didn't record a uh, hit in his first game, but, um, on Friday night's game, he had a two-run home run uh, as his first hit in the show. So welcome to the majors, Jerry Kalnick. We're happy to see you. Uh, I hope you keep tearing it up because I can get them fantasy points, and it's always fun to see someone coming in and putting in work, and he is definitely, yeah, definitely. doing that. So excited to see where he goes. But speaking of putting in work, uh, Tyler, did you see the stats coming out of Milwaukee? Oh, my God. They are a team that is looking to be something fierce this year. Yes, especially with this guy on the mound. Corbin Burns makes history in Milwaukee where he struck out 58 batters before his first walk. Dang, man. What? That's just nonsense. We're deep. We're, we're like, uh, how many games of this? 40 games into the season, and he mm-hmm. hasn't recorded a walk yet. Unreal. Oh, Imagine, Unreal. dude, we're 40 games into the season right now. That was two-thirds of the way through last season. Yeah, we were almost and we done. Ain't, and we ain't even halfway there. Nope. Which, <laughs> I mean, that's baseball. That's baseball, baby. Love it. Um, Love it. And you just look at if, if for our uh, people who are watching right now on our screen and people who are listening, I'll explain it to you. So Corbin Burns is 58 strikeouts without recording a single walk. Garrett Cole, he has an active streak going at the moment of 56 without a single walk. So, you know, Garrett Cole's going to make history is what we're saying, folks. Um, is he starting tonight? No, he doesn't start until Monday. He's going to walk the first Tomorrow. battery faces. You shut your face. <laughs> this is a good week because uh, in, in fantasy, Garrett Cole starts for me twice this week. So whoever oh. I'm facing, uh, you know, um, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> and then Kurt Schilling in 2002 struck out 56 in a row without recording his first walk. So that is impressive. Uh, the Elias Sports Bureau has rec- records back to 1893 when the mound was set at 60 feet, 6 inches, and no one has ever started a season like this 26-year-old Brewers right-hander, Corbin Burns, who kept filling the strike zone in Milwaukee's 2-0 loss to the Cardinals on Thursday afternoon at American Family Field to break one all-time record for most strikeouts before a pitcher issues his first walk in the season and another record for the most strikeouts without a walk in any stretch of the season. So at any point in a season, ever, Corbin Burns has recorded more strikeouts without allowing a walk, ever. That's insane. Insane. And you see the company he's with on that list? I mean, dear God, he's got some big, hefty names up there with Mm -hmm. him. So congratulations. That's that's a wild spot to be. So for that, the first stat was to start the season, right? This next stat was at any point in a season. So the last person to have... Um, as many strikeouts at any point in the season without allowing a walk with Kenley Jansen, who struck out 51 batters in 2017 before he walked a single batter. A closer. Yeah. Next on that list is Cardinals Adam Wainwright, who had 35, uh, who held the all-time record as for a starting pitcher before Burns broke it in April 20th uh, in San Diego. So absolutely 
unreal. Uh, Corbin Burns, keep tearing it up and sign with the Yankees. No. <laughs> You're not allowed. Hey. You are not allowed to have Corbin Burns. Listen, I'd be I'd be thrilled because the dude is dealing right now. So you already have too many nice things. We have a lot of nice things. You're not allowed to have more nice things. We're playing with our broken things and doing better. So we need nice things. All right. You do need nice things, but you can't afford nice things here. So that's rude. What you've just said. What you've just said is rude. Tell me I'm wrong. I'm offended. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. Well, speaking of being offended, that was a a, a weird transition here into our next segment of speaking of being offended. Oh God, dear Lord. We're going to jump back into this Albert Pujols conversation here, folks. Now, Tyler and I were planning on actually doing this episode yesterday, and the headline would have been, Pujols clears waivers, becomes free agent. And we were going to speculate as to where we think he would end up. I believe Tyler Tyler said the Cardinals at one point, and the Cardinals were in serious talks with Pujols for a little bit, because that was his old team. You know, that's his his, uh, homegrown place. And the announcement was made on Thursday. We were going to talk about how it was just odd, and there were so many players who were upset about it. And um, I'll save this part for the end. Pulhouse has a career average of 298 with 667 home runs uh, and 200. I'm sorry, 2,112 RBIs. And the question mark was, will he be signed? Well, we have an answer. Do I have to put it up? I don't want to. Ladies and gentlemen, I can't believe I'm about to say this. The Los Angeles Dodgers have signed Albert Pujols for the rest of his MLB career, which is this season. Um, I, I couldn't believe it. I was literally, I was pulling into Stop and Shop's parking lot yesterday, and I got a notification from Bleacher Report telling me that the Dodgers signed Albert Pujols. I was shocked. I mean, all right, let's think about it this way. It makes yeah, Tyler's dogs are barking like crazy. If you're hearing that, folks, so, so I apologize. I don't know what they're so mad about. No, I'm something... yelling at I'm yelling at God for allowing this oh. to happen. Oh, I see. Okay, okay. Um, <laughs> let's be serious though for a second. It makes sense because he already played on the Angels for literally almost ever. He already lives there. He's established. He's got a family and all that. They're only giving him four hundred and twenty thousand dollars for the rest of the year, which is the minimum MLB contract. Like that's the that is the most. I'm sorry, that's the least you can pay someone to play Major League Baseball. Okay. It the is. best part about this deal is the Angels have to pay Pujols the rest of his thirty million dollar contract. Now I don't know how much is left on it because it was his last year. Um, so it's not like there's a ton left. I guess. Oh wait, never mind. There's a ton left. <laughs> Holy crap! Never mind. He's making thirty million a year. So, good lord, they gave this man a big contract when they signed him. So yeah, so never mind. It is a lot. The Angels owe pool host twenty nine million five hundred sixty seven thousand five hundred fifty three dollars just to leave. Dear God, I mean, a lot of teams have done that. The Yankees did it with a Rod. The Sox did it with the Yankees uh, are still Pablo paying a Rod. Yeah, Pablo Sandoval is still being paid by the Red Sox. Yeah. Um, I mean, do we have to bring up the Mets? I don't think mm. we do. I don't think we have to bring up the Mets and their contracts. Anthony, it's all right. It's all right. We won't bring it up. We won't bring it up. We'll let it go. We'll uh, let it go. And yeah, and the, the exact number that the Dodgers are paying pool hosts is $432,447. I was really hoping it would be 420. That'd be, that'd be amazing. But anyway. 420000 and 69 cents. Yes. That's Mr. Beast by the car for that. Um, nice. <laughs> So Tyler, what do we think of what do we think about the Dodgers signing pool host? I mean, I will say that he was one of the reasons he was. <laughs> Tyler just left the screen. That's what he feels because Tyler hates the Dodgers so much, but he respects pool host, so it's a point of contention. Um, not anymore. One of the reasons pool host wasn't happy in Anaheim was because they were using him off the bench. Like he wanted to be a starter, and he should, you know, he's sure he's good. I, I, I don't know. He wanted to be a starter. Um, and that was, you know, he was upset about that, but the Dodgers made it very, very clear to pull host that he will not be as obviously, I mean, look at that organization, um, right. that he will not be a starter. He'll be used off the bench. He'll be used when they can or when they need or whatever else. So, and he was fine with that, you know, in, uh, with the Dodgers though, and just not with the angels. So I don't know. It's going to be, I mean, I guess if you're going to live anywhere, I mean, you won't move from Anaheim to Los Angeles. So, oh, 
what a crazy move of scenery. Like, oh man, I guess retirement was tough in Anaheim, but Los Angeles though, that's fine. We'll be fine over there sitting on the, what? You just wanted a world series ring. Shut your face. We know why you're there. You just wanted to have some hardware on your finger. And I hope for the love of God, the Dodgers don't win another world series this year. Do you imagine? You know what? If the Dodgers even make the world series, I won't watch a single game. I'll watch all. I'll watch all. I'll watch all seven of them. But I'm not going to watch a single game. Yeah. All right, Noah. Yeah. All right, Noah. Not one. All seven. Not one though. Not a single one. Man. So yeah, folks. The Dodgers sign Albert Pujols. We're as shocked as you are, and I don't understand it either. Uh, Where they're going to use him, I don't know. I am excited to see his first at bat in a Dodgers uniform. Watch him pop a dinger. It's going to be great. Um. Tyler's so upset about it. It's it's it is wild. I couldn't believe it. Uh, but thinking of things that are unbelievable, there's a lot of unbelievably amazing things happening over at Clover Crest Media. That I can agree with. The closing time <laughs> podcast is back, sponsored by Rocky Hill Accountants. I'm Joe Aguirre. I'll have a brand new co-host, Sanam Salati, who's my broker, my mentor, and my good friend, and one of the most knowledgeable people in Connecticut in the entire real estate industry. We're going to be talking about the latest goings on. We'll keep you up to date on the market, and we're going to bring on some really great guests all throughout this season, people in all different fields in the industry, like accountants, home inspectors, mortgage reps, and so much more, just to give you a better understanding of the Connecticut real estate market. We're so excited for a brand new season of the Closing Time Podcast, part of the CMG Podcast Network. It's sponsored by Rocky Hill Accountants, Go see Heidi and Glenn Parchman to file your taxes for bookkeeping, business advice, real estate investments, or whatever your accounting needs are, including cryptocurrency. Just visit RockyHillAccountants.com. We'll see you all season long on the Closing Time Podcast. Rocky Hill Accountants offers a unique, low-pressure approach to professional and personal services, which is why they have an excellent client retention rate and are extremely proud of the high-quality services that their firm provides. The executive team at Rocky Hill Accountants has over 35 years of combined experience in income tax preparation, bookkeeping, accounting, and IT crypto tax. They specialize in individual income tax preparation, as well as trusts, estates, and gift tax returns. The tax debt Deadline for individuals is May 17th. If you're one of the 50 million Americans who still hasn't filed, visit RockyHillAccountants.com. Attention all basketball fans. CMG Sports presents the Posting Up Podcast, where Lucas Boldick, Sean Scanlon, and King Zay discuss the latest news and topics throughout the NBA. So, if you have a love for basketball, make sure you check out the Posting Up Podcast, live every Tuesday and Saturday on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Also available for download on every podcast platform. The Giants are running New York like the times as Danny is dropping all sorts of dimes. Saquon's thighs are ruining defenses' lives and Leonard Williams making opposing QBs feel him. Receivers think it's scary to line up across James Bradbury and the Giants have a bright future led by coach, judge, jury, and executioner. Tune in to Drawing About the G-Men every Wednesday at 6, live on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Which The Cross and Wrestling Entertainment Podcast presented by Clovercrest Media is what you AEW fans have been looking for. Noah Cross and Tyler Bard give their take on every week's episode of Dynamite. If you are a massive AEW fan, then it is time to join us every Sunday at noon Eastern Standard Time. Stay crossum. Oh, Ray. This could still be a dub for you, though, if we pull this off, and I'm very high up. Rando, Rando, fell too. Rando's out? Mm hmm. Oh, I didn't see that either. Now 
other dude doesn't have much land left. Got I think it. Got oh, there you go. Dub. Peace. With a dub to end of the stream. With Hell one yes. minute left. There you one go. One minute Good left stuff. in our time. Right before the time run. Bam. There you have it, folks. There it is again. On Twitch. Oh, man. And yes, Lucifer, we do have two podcasts on the T-Bard channel. Lucifer93 commenting over on Twitch, and a recent follower of mine, part of the incredible Fall Guys community. We played some awesome custom games yesterday where Lucifer showed up. Didn't win anything, but, you know, we'll see. We'll get you next time, Lucifer. We'll get you next time. Uh, and, yeah, we have some uh, Baseball with the Bard podcast, and then we have the Crossum Wrestling Entertainment podcast coming up next. But, Noah, those were some lovely little ads we had running there, huh? Joe keeps coming up with more and more ads, more and more podcasts over here at Clovercrest. For sure. You love seeing it. You love seeing the expansion, growth, all of those great adjectives that say things are getting bigger. So things are, looking up, things are looking up here in Duloc, you know? So. Oh, wow. <laughs> Solid. <laughs> things are looking up. Uh, well this done. Is not a, no musicals, no musicals. This is baseball. So. All right. Yeah, right. Well, you're the one who said it. This is true. I know. I know. No you one probably got it. that except for you, to be completely honest. <laughs> so, uh, yes. Uh, uh, things are not looking up in Atlanta. Dude, I'm on a oh, roll God, today. No. I'm on a oh, roll. Well done. All right. Yeah. Sorry. On Thursday, Ronald Acuna <laughs> Jr. went down running to first base. And Tyler, did, were you able to pull that video? I do. Hold on right here. And now has to leave the game after injuring an ankle running down the first baseline when he tripped at the first base bag. Uh, the good news is, Chip, you saw him walk off the field under his own. and You know, it's one of those things that anytime you roll your ankle right off the bat sometimes, it's a funny feeling. Hopefully that's exactly... I think so, everyone's saying, like, go down. Like, bro, bro, hit the ground. No one's going to jump. Yeah, go down. What true. are you doing? He's putting weight on it as he's going uh, and stumbling across the base there. But it's obviously scary to see your star player go down like that if you're the Braves. or sure to see him stumble. Uh, this season, Acuna is sporting impressive numbers. He has an average of 304. That's a, that's high if you don't know baseball. He has an OPS of 1,043. That's very high if you don't know baseball. And 11 home runs uh, just in the 34 games that he's played so far this season. So very impressive he's stuff killing it. coming from Acuna. He was sent for an x-ray immediately after that happened. Thankfully, the x-ray came back negative, but he's listed as day-to-day when they try to figure out what's up. So it could just be a, a, a bit of a severe sprain. It could be a, a light sprain. They don't exactly know what's happening. Um, so, Tyler, I mean, I mean, what do you think if you're the Braves here? What do you? What's going through your mind? Well, I don't think it's a panic moment when we've looked into like like you said they've looked into the injury. Um, it doesn't seem to be the end of the world by any means. Uh, he may have just ro- rolled it improperly, and we've all done that. We've all just even just been walking and rolled our ankle the wrong way. So it happens. Uh, I think he just should take a day, maybe two off, uh, get back in there as a DH maybe, uh, or just get into maybe a a position where he doesn't have to uh, play the field nearly as hard as he usually does uh, and and just get in and see how his ankle's doing, Uh, get some batting practice in. But I am, uh, I'm not very nervous. I, I think he'll be okay. Yeah, I agree. I think he'll be okay. I don't think it's going to hurt the Braves too, too much. Um, no. I think the Braves will be doing just fine where they are. The Braves face the Brewers today at 210 for anyone who is interested in watching Ooh. that. I know our good friend. Yeah, it should be a good game. Our yeah. good friend um, Drew's brother is a big Braves fan, uh, Brewers fan. Excuse me. So Yeah, yep. he, he loves him some Kristen Yelich and some Jackie Bradley Jr. Absolutely. So go ahead and... Uh, Watch your boys there. I'm actually looking really quick to see if I can get the. All right, so the Braves are 19 and 20, and they're two games behind uh, in third place in the NL East. So it goes Mets, which is amazing. Phillies. <laughs> uh, well, the Mets have played significantly less games, so uh, true. Like the Mets are 18. Actually, no, not really. That's pretty even. Um, and the Braves are in third place with a record of 19 and 20. So I mean, you know, they could use their guy. They could use their guy. So I still have a lot of other guys. Freeman hit a tank shot of a home run yesterday. Yeah, um, so he's cranking. So, and they still have Morton. So they're they're doing okay, and I agree. I, I don't think they should panic. You don't need to hit the panic button yet, but it's definitely something to be a little concerned about because you don't want that to get worse. So, speaking of things that gotten have gotten worse, Oakland oh man, is looking to relocate their stadium. 
uh, the Coliseum there that you see on your screen. Now, I'll be honest. I've never liked the Coliseum. No, I feel bad for Oakland. Dear God. They, they just can't keep a professional sports team there. It's embarrassing. Yeah. No, no I'm going to let you talk about this for a moment while I go and shush the dog. I'll be back. You got it, sir. The Oakland Athletics Organization said Tuesday that they would, quote, be exploring the possibility of relocating. So, you know, it's not exactly uh, – it doesn't exactly mean they're going to move, but there's a chance that they could, and they're going to be looking into their options. Uh, they have played in Oakland since 1968. Jeff Passan said uh, they have prioritized building a waterfront stadium in downtown Oakland at the Howard Terminal site. But after years of failed stadiums and weeks after the organization requested the city council to vote on a $12 billion mixed-use development before its late July summer recess, the long-anticipated Spencer of the A's looking into relocation became a reality on Tuesday of this last week. So it just seems that things aren't lining up. Uh, the city council in Oakland wants things to be a certain way. The team's organization wants things to be a certain way. And this has been a conversation that's been going on between those two groups for a very long time. Uh, yeah. But as I said, they've been trying to move for literally ever, or at least trying to do something different. Because they realize poor, the Coliseum. Well, the Coliseum is a piece of garbage. I'm sorry. Then rebuild. That's okay, but where? That's the problem. They can't agree on where. Yeah, that's the issue. Um, it's not an issue, though. You don't have to build it in Oakland to just be Oakland. Move a to a small town next door sure. and build a new Coliseum. I get it. No, you're not, you're not New York. You're not New York that can just knock down a city block and build a new stadium. That doesn't happen everywhere. You can't do that in Boston. You can't do that in L.A. Yeah. But if you move Boston next, needs to do that. If you move, they'll never get rid of Fenway. Oh. Fenway ain't going nowhere. What is wrong with you? It's old. And it's so are small, you. It's small. You're going to tell me right now that Yankee Stadium is a better place to watch baseball than Fenway yes, Park. Yes, absolutely. Why? Because you got cushy seats for your yes. pained ass? Dear God. The seats are nice. They're they're, they're spacey. There's You can walk around. You really There's sound room. like a spoiled Yankee fan right now. It's nice. Let me be wrong. I love the history. You know I love baseball. I have tremendous respect for, for any team. I don't care who they are except for the Astros. Um Noah, we agreed on last weekend that when you go to a Yankee game, it feels like you're there for business. It feels like you're okay, there yes. like, this is our job. We're here to watch this game quietly. And when you That's go to Fenway true. Park, it's a fucking party. It is an absolute jam of a party. And everyone loves everyone there. And it is a great time. Everyone hated that damn heckler two seats over from us because he was so damn annoying at Yankee Stadium. But if that was happening at Fenway, he'd be the king. Everyone would love that man. But at Fenway, at Yankee Stadium, they're like, oh, this guy, oh, dear Lord. Because everyone's there to have a classic baseball experience. We don't do the wave here. You don't. Listen. We, we have done the wave at Yankee Stadium. But there was just one lady who didn't like the wave. Um, one lady. I'm saying the facility that that aura that you're describing can happen anywhere. It's the fan base. It has nothing to do with the structure of the building that they're sitting in. At least you admitted the Red Sox fan base is better than the Yankees fan. That's base. not. I'll that's not it. even close to what I said. I said they're I'll different. Take it. They're I'll different. Take it. No, but uh, going off of that, yes, I think they need to build a new stadium for the Red Sox. They're a. They're, they they are the. I think they're the fourth most worth sports franchise. If I'm not mistaken, I was looking last night with Coach for a little bit. Um, and Where are they going to move? They're like four billion worth four billion dollars. Like they'll they're, be the for the Boston Red everything. Sox. Where the hell do you want them to move? To? I don't know. Like knock down some buildings or something. Like, go to go to Worcester. <laughs> knock knock out the Sox. We're going to become the Worcester Woo Sox. We're not the Red Sox no more. We're the Worcester Woo Sox. It's they can't. They literally can't move. They can. They, they can figure it out. They have. They have a lot of money. They could do. They could figure it out. Listen, if G the Red Sox fans already hate John Henry, if John Henry decides to one sell the team, that would be great. But if he moves, he might as well just put a noose around his own neck because the Red Sox already have a bounty on that guy's head. Red Sox fans, because they love Fenway. But you've seen the atmosphere. We've been there. Mm -hmm. It is. Just one of the most incredible atmospheres in baseball, if not the best, except maybe behind Wrigley. That might be the only place that has uh, a little bit uh, better history. But 
the Red Sox, man, I'm telling you, I, I don't think they're moving anytime soon. Well, I, didn't say, I don't think they're moving anytime soon. I just think that they could do a better job with. with I just think a, you're judgmental and I a hater. They need, to, they need to modernize. They need to modernize their ballpark. That's all I'm saying. Um, and the A's are if looking to try and do that. they got cushy seats for your sensitive behind, would you be better, Noah? No, because the seats are still too tight. You're complaining about tight seats. Have you seen me? Have you seen me? That's what I'm me? saying. They, they need to look out for you. Our seats at Yankee Stadium the other day, you had zero problem with. Well, except my knees, because we were up against the wall. You were freakishly tall. Like, I don't want to hear that. Okay. <laughs> 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 rude oh, oh okay sorry it was a compliment all right um anywho back to oh, sorry you had to hear mom and dad fight everyone um god back to oakland here there's oh shit a... sorry i clicked the wrong one <laughs> you're good we're not even close to the red oh we're kind of close to the red Sox. um don't i read for this we're gonna talk dodgers don't forget um Right after uh, this segment. Sorry, I was going into... Oh, I forgot go. you put Corey in, yeah. Yeah, rumored locations for the possible move for Oakland. Now, all right, I'm going to say this right now. Uh, there was a point in time where the Patriots were going to move to Connecticut. Yeah, okay. Okay? And no, 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 there was. No, like, trust it, me, I, I know, but that was never yeah. going to happen. No, no, but a lot of, but all I'm saying is a lot of times when teams want to get their way, they explore other options so that way the, the city they're in the location they're in is it goes into oh shit mode and says all right what do you want and that's pretty much what happened with the patriots is they you know obviously the area where the patriots were didn't want them to leave because there's tons right. of jobs think about the amount of jobs that people have at the stadium think about right. the amount of revenue it brings into that area like look at we, we paid six dollars for a piece of pizza in a calzone outside of yankee mm. stadium because it was outside of yankee stadium meanwhile Worth if you it. went like it was worth it because it was delicious. But meanwhile, if you went two blocks over, you get a piece of pizza for a dollar. Okay. Right. And that's just the way it is because you're closer to that area. They don't want the business to leave. So a lot of times teams will explore other options to be able to levy, you know, and basically uh, levy their options over whoever is trying to get them to stay or trying to sign them. It's similar yeah, to what course. happens with like when uh, people want to host the Olympics or, you know, you get a new job offer and you can use that job offer to tell your current job you want more money, you know, stuff like that. That's pretty much what they're doing here, at least from what I can think. So some rumored locations are Las Vegas. No. Abs no, just stop it. Uh, Portland. What? Oregon. Yeah. Absolutely not. Yeah. Montreal. No, I can see it. It's possible. I could see it if the Rays don't go there first. Um, Nashville. No. That's just weird. And San Jose. 100%. I think that's the number one landing spot. You really think so? That was the fifth one on the list. Go land there with the Sharks. You get a then you become a sports town. I think that is a great uh, a great place for them to land, at least in or around San Jose. Florida is a great sports state. They sh they should go there. You say so. You say so. So that is the is it San Jose, Texas, or San Jose, Florida? Uh that's a good question. Because if it's Texas, again, great sports state. Uh, Flor I mean, they both already have two Major League Baseball teams. Um, so they would be competing with an uh, incredibly saturated sports market. Um, I, I, mean, I, think, I think San Jose, California. Oh, geez. Okay, so they're not even going to Texas. No, no, no. no. Cal California. They're just going to move in California. Oh, oh they're so why do these places stay? Mm, I, don't, mm, I don't like that either. Yeah. San Jose, California. Yep. Um, again, it's California. It's already a very saturated sports market, so you know there would be a uh, a place for them in there. Um, mm -hmm. Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, That's stupid. I don't. I don't like that. I mean, they'd have to go with something like Elvis related, right? They'd have to be like the Nashville Rockers or something like that. They'd have. Didn't to they change their name? name? Oh yeah. Absolutely not. They can't do that. The A's are like, uh, oh, that's, there's so much history in that. But they're, if the Red Sox moved, you don't think they'd change their fucking name? No. The Red Sox? Are you kidding me? They're not going to change their name. If they stay in Massachusetts, they keep their name. I think if they moved anywhere else, they'd change their name. Uh, wait. But I don't know. I, Montreal would be cool, but the Rays seem to be the ones working out a, a deal there. Um, well, so I think I'm, I'm down like to the bottom, too. Nashville I mean, Las Vegas, Las Vegas is possible. 
I just think it's really dumb because I don't think there's enough of a sports following in the yeah, middle no, of the just fucking weird. desert yeah. <laughs> uh, to have any sort of uh, <laughs> fans in attendance. <laughs> they would have to build a. They would have to build an enclosed stadium. <laughs> uh, yeah, I agree. I agree. Honestly, the new stadiums are probably going to do that anyway, depending on where yeah. they are. But um, anywho, there's that. My prediction is that nothing happens. And they just stay there. <laughs> yep, that's my prediction. My prediction is nothing happens. Um, and the A's play the Twins today at 210. I know we have a few A's fans who listen. So Yeah, definitely. Uh, there's that. So A's We got Mr. My, my new manager at uh, at my job is an A's fan, so I know Ooh, he's always man. listening in to see what's going on with his boys. So well, There you go, 2.10 um, p.m. Don't miss it, Twins. You don't want to miss fly. the game unless you're already working. That's true. <laughs> That's true. With that being said, let's hop over here as the 2020 World Series MVP, Corey Seager, has a oh. broken right hand after being hit by a pitch last night in a game against the Marlins. Um, he has he had an average this season of 265 with four home runs and an OPS of 783. So obviously very solid, and he is coming off of that World Series MVP status. The Dodgers are 22 and 17, which is third place in the NL West. Dear Tyler, Lord, Tyler, third the Dodgers place. are in third place. Fuck, good, good, <laughs> stay there. I hate you. I hate you, Dodgers. I hope this is the the ten game losing streak that knocks you out of contention for the playoffs. Do you know who's in first place, Tyler? In the NL, yeah, it's um, the Giants, probably right. Yep, NL West. The Giants are in first place only by a half a game over the Padres, though. Yeah, Padres so, and Noah. We said it day one. This was going to be the yeah, most contested run. It is. Um, and people in I remember on our first episode, they're like the Giants. Why? Why do? What are we? I'm like, are you? They're one of the youngest, most healthy athletic teams in the league right now, behind the Padres. So to see the Padres and Giants going toe to toe right now, oh, yeah, that is it. the that is the tightest race currently because the Padres are only half a game back, the Dodgers are only one game back. After yeah. that, though, the the Diamondbacks and the and the Rockies, they they're five five and a half, and then the Rockies are eight and a half game back. Man, damn! Imagine imagine being them. Man, it's been a lot of fun watching that division. I think we knew it was going to be that low. Um, it's a shame to see someone like Corey Seager go down. Um, some again, it's, you know, it's a shame to see anyone go down. I shouldn't word it like that to see anyone go down with an injury is, is shameful, but to see someone with the prowess and just the poise and, um, the ability to just stand in and be a clutch player, someone like Seager really, really, really hurts. Uh, and mm -hmm. I hate to see someone go down like him. Um, so hopefully he gets back soon. Corey Seager, wish you the best of luck in your uh, recovery. And hopefully by, you know, two months out that should be healed up. Right, forty-eight weeks, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then he'll be back playing. Absolutely, but you know, that's still a good amount of time. So, with that being said, Tyler, it is now time for you to talk some Red Sox baseball. Oh, is it that time? Is it finally time for my boys, the Boston Red Sox, to come up on the screen? I even though I clicked them at the wrong point earlier in the show, you know the Sox are doing pretty dang well, Noah. You know. I am excited with the way this team is moving. They have given me some hope. There was a little skid that we'll talk about in a minute that I was a little nervous as to what was going on, but let's just quickly pull this up. Uh, Boston is 25 and 16 as of this morning. They are two games up on the Yankees who are 22 and 17, uh, and then two and a half up on Toronto. Um, I think you had written that here. Yeah, the Sox came into the week up three and a half games over the second place Blue Jays. They are now up two and a half games on them and two on the Yankees. But gosh, the Orioles and the A's handed the Sox losses on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. This is that skid I was talking about, Noah. Mm -hmm. I don't know about you, but during that skid, I got very nervous. They were outscored 11 to 4 across the three day losing streak. Oh, I mean, I was hitting the panic button. Were were you as nervous for the Red Sox as you were? I'm like, this is it, this is it. They they they've hit their uh, plateau and they're going back down. I wouldn't say I was nervous. I mean, I wasn't nervous. I didn't give. Well, yeah, they're not your team, but, but if you were a Red Sox fan, sure. If I was a Red Sox fan, I'd be a little nervous, obviously, because they weren't supposed to be as good as they are right now. Um, so maybe you think that the magic dust has faded away, like the uh, Tinker Bell's no longer arriving at Fenway. Uh, to to supply the team with 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 the uh, pixie dust, but um, 
That's the second Disney reference we've had today. <laughs> but I, I will say, I was obviously I was a little pleasant. I was like, oh, this is great. It seems the, the right. nature. I believe I said to uh, my boss at work because he's a Red Sox fan. I said, nature is healing. Um, <laughs> so it looked it looked like things are getting back to somewhat of a normal here. Uh, but I don't think it's going to be that bad. But what I do, I'll, I'll give this take at the end of this segment about okay, sure. what I think is going to happen. So. Yeah, no, I think that's a good spot uh, to talk about it because right now uh, the Sox did beat the A's, though, on Thursday and then the Angels uh, the last two nights. So they did make up for that lost ground, luckily. Um, but J.D. Martinez, can you believe this guy? He's continuing mm. to be a massive presence in the box for the Sox specifically. He's sporting an average of 340 with 10 home runs and an OPS of 1.04. Damn. He is absolutely mashing he is a savage in that box <laughs> there it is there it is the camera wasn't up but i can see you and i was hoping you would just give me a deadpan and i, I was not disappointed um i think this is guy is if the red sox do make it uh far in the season he could be a candidate for mvp he had a diving catch the other day he had a sliding catch the other day and an outfield assist the other day um, so JD is really standing up in that spot that we said he needed to be in. Uh, so very excited to see him doing well, as well as this man. We keep saying these two guys, Noah, mm -hmm. the two guys who appear every single week. Xander Bogarts has an average of three Look at the 45 unreal. with what was it? Eight home runs and an OPS of nine ninety six. Dear God, these two back-to-back -back in the lineup is a dangerous one-two punch, or is it a three-four punch if we're really going to uh, mm. get down to logistics here? But Xander Bogarts, another guy who we said on episode one would be a guy who has to show up, although Xander got paid. He got his money. So does he need to show up? Not really, Noah. He don't need to show He's getting paid. He's showing up because he's got a team he believes in. He was one of the guys who stood up for Alex Cora, saying uh, he was excited to see Alex Cora come back. So did JD. JD said the same thing. Um, they were both very excited to see him come back and play uh, as the manager for the Red Sox. So maybe having Cora around has given this team a little bit of a revival, makes mm -hmm. the ones who were there for 2018 feel good. Um, but someone like Alex Verdugo, who wasn't with the Sox at that time, is absolutely mashing. Mm -hmm. Alex Verdugo has been a force to be reckoned with for the Red Sox right now. Uh, and I feel like every time I look down at a stat, it's either Xander Bogarts, J.D. Martinez, Alex Verdugo, Kike uh, Hernandez, or Rafael Devers. Sometimes we'll see Bobby Dahlbeck in there, but it's only if he hit a home run. Uh, so Bobby Dahlbeck has just become the, I don't swing at anything unless it's a fastball down the center of the plate that I can hit outside, hit out of Fenway park. Um, but he's doing it. Uh, he's doing so, but does he get on base? Yes, he does get on base. Um, so yeah, these guys are absolutely showing up right now. The Sox were going to decimate the A's on Thursday. Uh, it was an eight to one slaughter, knocking the ace starter Sean Manaya uh, for seven runs in just two innings. That one felt good, Noah, because if you remember two, three years ago, Sean Manaya tossed a no hitter against the Red Sox. Mm -hmm. So it was a very nice to see him come back to Fenway for the first time since that no no and just beat the holy hell out of him. Mm -hmm. Uh, so you love to see it, but their bullpen, if their bats had got uh, up and running, the Red Sox could have been in trouble, but our bullpen and our starting uh, staff managed to hold it down. And on Sunday, uh, or on Saturday, excuse me, um, the Sox would beat the Angels nine to zero, putting up eight runs over just four innings in the middle of the game. The Sox have definitely found their stride, and I personally am excited to see it. That's four. That is a four win streak right now. And the Yankees, I think, had a four. And then they lost a game, and now they're on one or two. They've won in a row. Um, so the Yankees are also doing just as fine as the Red Sox are. They have snuck two-game win streak. They have snuck into second place, stolen it from the Blue Jays. You know, this is a balance that, if we looked back at 2018, would make sense. The mm -hmm. balance looks exactly where it was back then. 
Um, now we just need the Yankees to go on a 10 game slide and the Red Sox can run away with the season. Uh, so if you guys can do that again, that's what I was going to say. Um, after I give you this point that the Sox are the first are in first, excuse me. Uh, and MLB for a pit from a pitching standpoint with a team ERA of 3.85 striking out 370 plus batters right now. They are absolutely killing it on the mound. And who thought what the number one thing we said this season going in was what do the Red Sox need the most pitching? Yep. We needed pitching help because we didn't know who our rotation was going to be. Not a clue which where everyone was going to line up. So if they can pitch this well in time for our boys to come back healthy. Oh, man, they could be a real threat later in the season if they keep this up. They're going to be a force to be reckoned with. Mm-hmm. Um, so my take on what's happening with the Red Sox, Noah, I honestly think, and I hate this, I feel like I need to put soap in my mouth when I say these words, that Alex Cora is a massive reason as to why the Red Sox are doing so well. Um, just his presence in the clubhouse alone has made this team feel like the 2018 Red Sox. They're a band of brothers who are having a fantastic time out on the field. They have these games where they mash the hell out of the ball. They're playing incredibly well. The outfielders are diving for balls. We're doing headlong dives in the second base. They're having just the time of their life. And I think Alex Cora is the cause of that. And then they have these game, these games where they're just like out there lazy swinging. And it's it's those ones where it's after like five or six game win streaks. So they're like, mm-hmm. Meh. We, we can we can afford a loss. They're the guys who they're not looking for 100 plus wins. They're just looking to go out there and win the division. And at this rate, if the Yankees can just have one more skid and the Red Sox can keep that that little gap, I think they have a damn good chance of keeping that division all year. Um, I know you're going to have something to say about that. So I will turn it over to you for your Yankees segment because they are starting to come back into the picture, Noah. Yes, they are. As uh, we said here, the Yankees are now 22-17, and 17, so they've got a, little, a few more games to catch up to the Red Sox, who have played a couple more so far. Uh, the Yankees came back into this week four games behind the first-place Sox, and now they're only two games back, so they are definitely tightening up their lead. Uh, the Yankees went on a tear, beating the Nationals on Saturday and Sunday. We were there on Sunday. Uh, and then the Rays on Tuesday. Oh, what a game, too. Great game on Sunday, last Sunday. Amazing. Uh, then the Rays on Tuesday and Wednesday. They lost miserably to the Rays on Thursday, then beat the Orioles Friday and Saturday, outscoring the O's 13-6 to in the two days. Uh, the Yankees have a have hit a bit of a stride, winning their last seven games of their last ten, and I believe that's now eight of their last ten, uh, including last night's game. Luke Voigt returned to the lineup on Wednesday, making his first appearance of the season. He is still looking – well, as of yesterday, he was still looking for his first hit when we were going to do this episode. But now, last night, he has his first hit and first RBI of the season. So it seems that Luke is coming in. He's coming in hard. Uh, Of course he is. Honestly, coming from a Red Sox fan, Luke Voigt is in the top three first baseman in the league. Um, and it's nice to see him come back healthy because then it's going to be just as nice to kick his ass in the postseason. So we're having our first matchup, uh, I believe, in about 10 days, yes? Yep, yep. So it's coming. And let's well, we're going to get to see what the Red Sox and Yankees are capable of. This guy is absolutely going to play a part in it. Absolutely. Voigt is back. I'm excited to see Voigt back, especially because he was seeing the ball well and hitting it well last night. And let's not forget, he was the home run leader in 2020. So, yeah, he says, hey, get that first dinger, and it's going to be all uphill for Voigt from there. Next up here, uh, Aaron Judge. Oh, that's Aaron, not Judge. Aaron Judge. Sorry about that. Uh, he has an average currently of 289 with 11 home runs, three of which were in the last two days. Um, and he's two home runs on Friday night after being in a bit of a slump. And his strikeout rate is still high. He's sporting a 27% strikeout rate. That's just... That is un- Aaron, unacceptable. Aaron Judge has fallen into the Yankee trap of home runner bust. Uh, home, home runner strikeout. And he's a big guy. He's a power hitter. That's what they do. He strikes out or any or any hits dingers. So, as you know, the 289, that's a decent average. That's good. 11 home runs, that's yeah. a lot. That's great. And, he, you know, he goes on a tear where he has these games, but then he has those games where he strikes out five times, which happened right. last week. Right, right. But I want you to look here. 
Uh, in the last seven days, Aaron Judge has a batting average of 500 and with four home runs, an OBP of 593, and an OPS of 1,991. So yeah, no, he's 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 mashing right now. And in the last five days, his OPS is almost two thousand. Yes. Damn. So and Michael K went over that last night during the game. So sure, he has those streaks, and he just got off of that streak where he was doing literally terrible. Like you know, like I said, five strikeouts in a game uh, last week. But now it seems he's in a stride. So if, is he going to be that streaky player? But the thing is, he's not that streaky player where it's like a two or three week span of a streak. Yeah, like it was like a week on week off type of thing. It seems. Yeah, three days. Yeah, sure. <laughs> like that's not bad, you know. It's like if he if he can tear it up for three days and he's gonna cool down for like you know a few, a few days, then it's like all right maybe. But like those three days have to matter. It's like in the postseason, you got to make sure those three days are in moments where you need to come through. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, uh, yeah. So that's you know, that's just stuff we we're you know, hopefully we're going to see from Judge. So now we're going back to Jameson Tyone. Who has an ERA of 540 and is one for three? Uh, he had spurts of greatness striking out the side on Thursday, but he did not keep his team. He, had, he did not have keep your team in its stuff. He's been struggling a lot as of late. He gave up four runs in four innings, but did strike out nine Rays. So, I mean, that's a high, you know, nine strikeouts. That's a lot. You see, you got a nine Ks. Usually you think they're going to, you know, bring the team to victory, but he gave up four runs in four innings. He just hasn't had it this season. Corey Kluber. Is keeping his team in it. He gave up four yesterday, one more run than um, we would like because Tyler and I always say three runs keep the team in the game. But Gio Urshela saved the game with a three run blast to take the five to four lead. So Gio Urshela came in clutch. Uh, Kluber has an ERA of 348 with 41Ks point innings, and his record is three and two. So he's averaging about a strikeout an inning. Next up here is Domingo Herman. He did great in his last two starts. Uh, he went six innings against the Nationals last Sunday, where Tyler and I were there. That was a good game. Allowing two runs, striking out six, so definitely keeping his team in the game. Um, and then his last start was last night, where he again went six innings and against the O's, allowing one run and striking out another six batters. So yeah. he's doing good. Herman is Believe it or not, that almost wasn't enough. That, that yeah. performance almost wasn't enough because Schwarba decided to hit a deep bomb to right field. A deep bomb, deep, deep that bomb. Second deck. Mm-hmm. But it's mm-hmm. all right. Glaber Day had something to say about it. Yes, he did. Glaber Torres with the first home run of the season right over my head. Right, o- right over our heads. Dear God, I had just come back from concessions, and this, yep. I-, I thought I was going to drop all my food. Uh, <laughs> the whole place started jumping like it was nuts. I was like, no, please. This was expensive. It was, but it was delicious. We had a yeah, yeah, well, that, they have a, mm, a hibachi bowl, baby. Yeah, a hibachi Ooh. steak bowl at a ballpark. Come on, that's that's delicious. You know, you know, I was skeptical because because of the fact that it was at a ballpark, but it's also New York, so exactly. you know you're going to be getting good food. Um, it was like twelve twelve dollars. Oh, was seventeen dollars. Like yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> and then after tax, it was like twenty. So yeah, it's, it was, it was a ridiculous, uh, but it was delicious, and I will buy it, it again. Good. It was good. And they had ginger sauce. I got ginger sauce for mine. I know you didn't, but the ginger sauce really made it better. I'm telling you. If they just gave me like a little side of teriyaki sauce, I think it would have been a little bit better. But, you know, I, 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 it was good. It was good. Good job, Yankee Stadium. <laughs> Luis Severino. Oh, I can't believe I'm getting to say his name. Through his first live BP session on Thursday since having Tommy John surgery over a year ago. Boone says he is making good progress. There's still no official word of when he will return. How do we think he'll do? Uh, Who knows, dude? This is so hard to say. Dude hasn't seen a mound in a year and a half. Mm -hmm. Um, So who knows how he's going to act when he's actually facing a live batting core. Um, I mean, if he comes back in his regular form, of course, he's going to absolutely destroy whoever he's up against. And yep. Garrett, Garrett Cole is going to have company at the top of the at the of the rotation. You love um, to see it. So when you have competition at the top of the rotation, uh, it could lead to two things. It could lead to you being one of the absolute greatest forces of pitching staff in the world. Or you could have someone like Garrett Cole who likes to pitch a fit when he's not number one and uh, could cause some absolute tension and maybe. If I were the Yankees, if I it could happen. If I were the Yankees, if something like that were to happen, hypothetical out here, Garrett Cole's my guy, Luis Severino, ba-boom, see you later, you're trade talent, and we'll get something in return for you. Um, 
because I think both of them can probably be a little bit of a prima donna. And you know that this guy right here, Luis Severino, is going to come back and want his number one spot back. No, uh, no way. Come on. Are you serious? No he's way. been your number one guy for four years. Yes, he's not anymore. Listen, I know you love Garrett Cole, but you are being very biased right now to say Luis Severino is not going to come back and want to be number one. Who wouldn't? Okay, I agree. Who? Okay, I, I can say though, who would not want to be the number one starter? Sure. However, seven. If you ask me, Severino knows he's not better. He's not going to be number one over Garrett Cole. If if any if Garrett Cole wasn't there, yes, but he is, and Severino knows that. Severino wants to get back in the arc. And I'll, I'll say this: I think they're going to work out great, and I think that they're going to be the one-two punch that really leads the Yankees to absolute decimation. Well, and that's what I said. It's it's going to be one of two things: they're either going to be the most reckoned for, like scary force in baseball in a long time, or there's going to be some drama in New York. Let's hope for the second one. Yeah, I don't think there'll be drama in New York. No, 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 no. <laughs> it's always drama like in so. New York. Dear God. Speaking of the other guy we've mentioned, Garrett freaking Cole Bay Bay. He has a five and one record, which the one rec the one is literally a game that the Yankees just said, I'm oh, sorry, you're gonna lose this. Scored one. zero runs, right? Yeah, they, they helped him none in that one loss. So he's five and one with an ERA of one point three seven. Only ERA better is DeGrom. 78 Ks in 52 innings. Unbelievable. On Wednesday, Cole pitched eight strong innings of zero-run ball without giving up a walk and striking out ten at the trop against the Rays, which is why I have my Garrett Cole jersey on today, folks. Garrett Cole, baby, all right? Because Garrett Cole is absolutely killing it. And I said this to many people. Dude, if we didn't have Garrett Cole, we would suck. Because that game that we won uh, against the Rays on Thursday, I think it was. Yeah, on Wednesday, sorry. On Wednesday, Garrett Cole went eight innings of no-run ball the Yankees accumulated all of one earned run. One, one nothing. earned run. Now, I understand. There's a lot of the, This happens a good amount of the time where when your ace is on the mound, your team doesn't score a lot because they feel they don't have to. That's a problem. Because yeah, no. as we saw here, Garrett Cole, is, race. Yeah, thank you. Garrett Cole is 5-1, and one, and he has that one loss because uh, you couldn't get any runs across the board but, for him. You know what? There's probably a lot of aces who are just like, boys, just – get off the field let me get back out there because no, no, they, they want to stay hot they want to they want to keep their arm warm they don't want to sit on the bench because how many no hitters have we seen blown late because guys just are running up the score running up the score making it like a seven nothing game um it's it's never the close ones that don't happen it's the ones where they have like an eight to nine run lead mm -hmm. that it gets blown um except for the most recent one with sean Manaya, where he it was a zero zero game um, but again, that was one where he was working because they mm -hmm. were, they, it wasn't like he was striking everyone out. They were hitting the ball all around the park. Um, uh, but his defense was, was keeping him alive, but I don't know. I, the Yankees are, they've got me confused. They've got me because it feels like there's something wrong with that. The atmosphere of the Yankee team is bizarre right now. It feels like so, there's instead of a, uh, cohesive team, it feels like a competition within to be the guy and you're batting and in your pitching, everyone wants to be the guy. And because Aaron judge is holding on tight to his seating section at Yankee stadium, but it's slowly falling out of his grasp. So someone needs to take it and pitching. I mean, Garrett Cole has a firm grasp, but oh, yeah. there can be a lot of guys who are going to be poking at his feet and trying to rip him off of his pedestal. Uh, and that's just that's the vibe I get. It's not a fun, family-friendly, lovely group like you see in Boston. It is a group of guys who are there to win a championship. Serious. Mm -hmm. It's like the uh, they're the Patriots. Yeah. They're the Patriots yeah. of baseball right now. We're here to win, and that's it. I don't know if it's going to work in baseball. It's a different wait. What am I saying? It's the damn Yankees. They've been like that for a hundred years. Ever. Yeah. They've been the team that just shows up, kicks ass, leaves. Yep. Um, and who knows? Who knows? I could be, mm -hmm. I could be just off my rocker here, but it's a different era of baseball where the title of this last era is let the kids play. And these boys feel like a bunch of old men who are fighting for superiority. And I'll no, don't get me wrong. I, I will say that the Yankees are definitely a championship, a wins driven team. 
it did it does seem in the last few weeks they're they are starting to have fun like we talked about last week how even earl this chapman cracked a smile after he recorded that was so game, funny you know yeah but one thing that's crazy is and i like this so uh michael k noticed this in the game garrett cole's a tremendous game on wednesday after he struck out the last batter in the eighth inning when that, that was his last batter he did the earl this chapman stare <laughs> after he's and garrett cole never does that garrett cole is a strikeout and walk off the mound like he doesn't no pop and circumstance nothing yeah but he he stopped and stared in at the at the play and i was like <laughs> oh all right i like this i like it um he's getting a little intense over here yes in so i i think they are beginning to to get to that point and i think garrett cole is a guy who's really helping that because garrett cole also you'll see him he talks to everybody when he's starting, yeah. obviously, he's in the zone. But when he's not starting, he's talking to the catcher, the pitcher, whoever else. Like if someone makes an error, he goes over and talks to him. So yeah. I think Cole's really trying to build the team in that sense but or no. bring people together. Outside of the pitchers and batters, I think the biggest controversy going right now is who's your third baseman? <laughs> because, dear God, we saw someone who we didn't think we were going to see in Miguel Andujar. Yeah. Is it Gio Urshela? Is it Miguel Andujar? Who, I mean, who the hell is it going to be? I'm confused. Yep. Well, I have a I have a last spot here, which is a good way to get into this. I have a Gio Urshela hot take. Noah's okay. Gio Urshela hot take, folks. That man right there, Mr. Clutch himself. I think Gio Urshela is missing his calling. And not, not, by no fault of his own. By no fault of his own, Gio Urshela missing his calling. If I had the say or the ability to do so, I would make Gio Urshela the New York Yankees starting shortstop. Gio Urshela has a tremendous glove, a tremendous arm. He has the versatility and the movement to be a shortstop. And even I brought this up to Tyler last Sunday at the game, and they were showing highlights up on the Jumbotron of Urshela's plays at shortstop that he did over the series before they yeah, went monster, back to New York. Monstrous plays. Unbelievable clutch plays. I And let me know, I like Gleyber Torres. Gleyber Torres is the second baseman. What I would do is I would put DJ LeMahieu at third. He has a third baseman. He's got a good glove. I would keep Boyd at first, obviously. Put I would put Torres back at second, and I would put Gio Urshela as the New York Yankees starting shortstop. I think he has spurts of greatness. I think he has a clutch bat. He's not like a, this power hitter. He has those moments where he surprises you. He puts the ball in play. And I see I, I see a bit, little bit of Jeter in Gio Urshela. I do. I mean, Instead his – his playability is is amazing. His his ability to recognize uh, a play and turn it on his ass is mm-hmm. insane. Um, but that it would mean that you're putting Miguel Andujar on the bench. Uh, yeah, I, I would trade him and find some find some something for him. Wow. I mean, I don't know if everyone would agree with that. I, I think everyone can agree that Geo is a better defensive player, but Easy. I think Hold a it. lot of people want. Miguel Andujar's bat back in the lineup. No, I don't need it. He hasn't been here for how long? No, I get it, but I just, oh, I don't know. I feel like there's a, a, a grab for him. When we went into that Yankees um, gift shop, there weren't any Gio Urshela jerseys, but there were Miguel Andujar jerseys. Sure. Well, because Gio Urshela uh, jerseys were sold out. Oh, is that why? But none of the tor- none of the uh, Glaber Torres or Judge ones or Stanton ones were, but the Gio Urshela ones were. Uh oh, did we lose Noah? Are we here? Hold you on. Got me? Oh, there you are. There he is. All He's right. back. He's back. Sorry, I just froze for a second. So I was just waiting to, for the internet to catch up with itself. No, you're good. You're good. But yeah, I don't know. There's that. That's what I would do with the infield. I know I do know actually. I would put Gio Urshela at shortstop. I think he's just the guy to be there. He's made, he made tremendous plays there. He looks comfortable there. He looks comfortable anywhere he plays. I just think that's that's the better spot for him. And I okay. I will stay with it. I think if they took all of this strain off of Torres of him getting used to shortstop, he would play. He would hit better too. Uh, so there is that. No Gio Urshela hot take. That's all the happenings in baseball. Today's upcoming games. We'll see the Yankees play the Orioles at 1.05 p.m., which is going to be Jordan Montgomery versus, we don't know yet, John Means was supposed to start for the Orioles, the Orioles ace who just threw a no-hitter last week. But he has had a lot of strain. He threw that complete game last week, so they wanted him to skip a start. He'll start tomorrow instead, and I'll take it. Thank you. Thank you, Orioles. Yeah, right. Thank God. Um, <laughs> the Red Sox are playing the Angels at 110. We'll have 
uh, Nathan Abaldi versus Jose Quintana. We got eight runs last time, then nine. We're going for ten. Let's go, going boys. Ten. We gotta gotta keep moving up there, right? <laughs> uh, the Mets will take on the Rays at one ten. We'll see Marcus Stroman versus Josh Fleming, and then we have the Dodgers versus Marlins at four ten, and then the A's versus the Twins at two ten, as noted before. Just a reminder: we're streaming on Facebook, YouTube at Bard and Cross Entertainment, and Twitch at Tbard five one nine five. And if you love podcasts, make sure you visit CloverCrestMedia.com for a wide selection of great shows covering sports, business, relationships, pop culture, politics, and true crime. There are 26 shows, sorry, 28 shows on the hashtag CMG Network. And if you don't find one you like, you can start one of your own. We can help you launch your podcast for as little as $15 per month. Clovercrestmedia.com is the website to visit. Make sure you check it out and tell your friends all about it. You can visit Clovercrestmedia.com and click on the link for the latest on your favorite CMG Sports podcasts, as well as blogs, videos, and latest information so with that being said that was all the happenings in this week in the mlb we are so excited love talking baseball that's tyler bard i'm noah cross and this was baseball with the bard Baseball with the bar.